0: Can the Maple Leafs take advantage of a Flames team in turmoil? We'll discuss on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co host, Dave Morisuti. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. I gotta tell you, Dave, I use the Game Time app, but I'm going to the Jays game later tonight with a buddy of mine. So, Shout out to Game Time. Thank you for the $20 off. And if anybody wants to get a couple of bucks, basically a beer or two paid for, you got to download the Game Time app, use the code LOCKEDONNHL, and you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Uh, lots to get into today, Dave. I mean, there's the ownership stake that we talked about yesterday that uh, sounds like Larry Tannenbaum might be selling some of his ownership, not all of it. But some of it, we'll talk about that a little bit today. But what's becoming increasingly concerning, I think, for a lot of these Canadian markets is it's it appears that uh, no one wants to play in Canada at this point. I mean, you, you, you talk about what we heard a couple of weeks back in Winnipeg, and now it doesn't appear that Debrinkit isn't all that thrilled about signing long-term in Ottawa. And then today, you hear a quartet of players not too happy about their situation in Calgary and don't plan on signing long term I mean what what's going on here where just guys don't want to be in the in the great white north
1: yeah it's it's a it's a little perplexing I mean the the Winnipeg situation you got some players who have obviously not performed and the team hasn't performed and then they get a new coach that's bit of a hard ass so that situation is kind of taking a turn one way calgary one i mean we, we've known that it's been hard for calgary to keep free agents because you know there's certain things living in calgary i haven't heard any bad things about living in calgary it's not that expensive when you look at other canadian cities but we also know that the arena they play out of is not exactly top notch and for a lot of these guys that come from the states living in canada has its challenges for for family, for for a lot of things. But, I mean, look, this is, this is something you sign up for in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of other players make it work in Canada. I don't know what exactly has become a new issue that all of a sudden now guys are running away from Canada, especially Calgary. Like, if you're a Flames fan right now, oh, this is not a good time right now.
0: No, it's really not, and and it's so bizarre too. Like two years ago, I looked at that Calgary Flames team when they went on that run, and they lost to Edmonton in the second round. But I thought to myself, man, this is this is a pretty good group they got here, and and you saw Kachuk and Goudreau; they were playing very very good hockey. You had Markstrom playing at uh, a Vesna level. They had a really solid defensive group. And, and, you know, some other really good players, Lindholm, you know, was a point-per-game player, and uh, who else did they have at that point? Mungiapani had, like, a 36-goal season. Like, they had a lot going for them just two years ago. You fast-forward, they made that trade last summer. It did not go well. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau's numbers fell off a cliff. Uh, the, the coach, everyone turned on the coach, Daryl Sutter. He ends up getting fired. Brad living decides that he doesn't want to stick around in Calgary anymore. He's here in Toronto now, and all of a sudden, you know, it sounds like a whole bunch more players want to leave the team and leave the organization and and don't plan on sticking it out long-term. Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff just, like, basically ripped out the hearts of a lot of Flames fans with one single tweet today, uh, or a thread of tweets, rather, within the span of a few minutes. I don't know if you want to bring up that tweet that uh, that we have here from Saint Frank Cerevalli. But basically, he came out with uh, a succession of, of about three or four tweets that essentially said, Noah Hannafin has indicated he does not plan to sign an extension. Doesn't want to be there. And Elias Lindholm. Yeah, there's been a big pitch here, but sounds like uh, he doesn't really want to re-sign in Calgary he's leading that way. And then more told Michael Backlund is also leading toward not re signing in Calgary. A guy who's been a staple with that team for 15 years. And then uh, a little bit later on, we heard that it sounds as though Tyler Toffoli also not interested in re signing with the Calgary Flames the next season and, and would prefer a trade out of the organization. That's like within two years, how. Different. Yeah, there's the Elliott Friedman tra- uh, thing at the word. This afternoon, Calgary has made Tyler Toffoli available for trade. He's got four point two five million million, uh, one more year left on the deal, and had 34 goals last season. So good value for a guy, um, you know, good winger, good sniper. So, you know, we'll see what they can end up doing. But it's just so weird how two years ago this team went from being, okay, they look like they could potentially be the – you know, the front runner in Canada to end that 30 year cup drought. And now all of a sudden it's just falling apart at the seams. Nobody wants to stick around. And all of a sudden it's like, you're doing Like what the hell do we sign up for eight years of this nonsense now? Who the heck's going to be with us?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really the, the, I guess the big struggle is because, you know, with Kachuk.
0: And Kadri, Kadri as well.
1: Oh yeah. I almost forgot about Kadri. Like you, you, you saw, you know, Kachuk and Goudreau, and, and this was something that was talked about when those two guys left is like, is this opening up, you know, the floodgates for a lot of other players to do the similar things where if they don't like the situation that they're in, how many they're going to say, all right, I'm not too keen on resigning here. You might as well trade me now before you lose me for nothing. And that's exactly what all these guys are doing. Uh, it's it's just totally bizarre. Like if you're if you're the flames, like you just said to Foley, that's a 30 goal score, right? Uh Elias Lindholm is your number one center. Noah Hannifin is you know top three in your top three of defense. I would say now maybe be your number top
0: pair defenseman over there.
1: Yeah, number two behind Uyghur. Maybe Uyghur is the number
0: one. Uh um, I, I mean you could flip a coin. I, I think you could take yeah. Hannifin as your number one, but anyways, it's splitting hairs.
1: And as Servalis said, Michael Backlund's been there for 15 years. Yeah. And this guy's pretty much saying, Yeah, I'm I'm done over here. And you also wonder how much is that the pressure playing in the Canadian market? Cause we know that's something that's always discussed. How much is also the flames just haven't gone anywhere. I mean, you said it really the far that they've gone is the second round. And for a lot of guys, especially when they get to a certain point in their careers, they want to find a way to win. Michael back yeah, 15 years. He might. I want, know, you know, but
0: it's just weird because if you look at that team on paper, like that's a really good team. Like Brad Trillivine built a, a a real solid team over in Calgary. Like, yeah, we're taking a look at their cap friendly page right now. Like they have Jonathan Huberdo, Nazim Kadri, Majiapani, Backlund, Blake Coleman, Lindholm, Toffoli. You've got a couple of young guys on Dylan Dubé and Matthew Coronado. Uh, like those are some really like that's a solid top nine. You've got a blue line with Mackenzie Weaker, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Zadorov's a big body. Like they've got a really, really solid group of guys here. And obviously, you know, Jacob Markstrom has been uh, a Vesna caliber goaltender outside of last year for the last five seasons. So there's a lot of guys that uh, like, it's just a, just a very talented team and they just a lot of guys underperformed last year. And now all of a sudden you take a look and everyone wants out and it's like, I'm just confused. Like, this is a playoff team on paper. They should be able to do some good things. They got a new head coach in the fold and Ryan Huska. You know, you would think that they would all give it uh, one more kick at the cam, but if no one wants to come back and resign, this is a way to get to where you want to get to and try and get an extension in place a year, a year prior, I suppose. And, you know, that's what Lindholm wants to do. Sounds like maybe Hannafin, certainly to Foley. And sounds like Backlund too. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the summer, all four of these players are not Calgary Flames.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just know that the worst thing you can do as a front office, uh, front in the front office, is allow guys to leave without maximizing their return. If you already have a heads up that they don't want to be there, you know how many people were saying, you know, all those years of Johnny Gaudreau potentially being on the trade block, and then the Flames, you know, deciding to keep him around figure they can make it work then he leaves and you're just like well maybe they should have pulled off that trade because that's something you could have gotten something back for so in a lot of ways i think players nowadays are trying to not just leave teams you know up and dry and saying we're just gonna leave but at the same time it's like you've already taken away a lot of the leverage having this out there that you're not going to resign either so they in a way they feel like they might be doing the flames a favor but really they're not
0: well kind of yeah you're you're right to a to a certain extent but i also wonder how much of this is is because of what craig conroy said and how much of this is being pushed by craig conroy the new gm himself in his introductory press conference he talked about the situation with um johnny goudreau and, and how he was beside himself that it got to a point where He did not return and they got nothing out of him. And he said, he vowed that he wouldn't let that happen again. Well, if all these players are saying, we're not going to sign with you next season, we're leaning towards going to free agency and seeing what's on the market. If he vowed he wasn't going to let that happen again, uh, he was the AGM at the time. Brad Trilliving was the general manager, obviously, but he was there. It, it, It sounds like potentially, you know, these are players sitting here saying, hey, this is a way that. You know, we can let it be known to our general manager that we're not going to re-sign next year. And it sounds as though he would prefer to deal us away anyway. So let's just get it done and and let's see if, you know, this team can go on a, a quick retool. Like, there's, there's a lot of really talented players. Lindholm, Hannafin, Tofoley, Backland. I mean, you could get some pretty good assets for those four guys to be able to do a, a, a you know a rather quick retool, whether it's draft picks or... You know, a a young roster players or young prospects, you could retool this thing pretty quickly if you're Calgary with those guys, which does lead us into the obvious conversation here on lockdown. Leafs is can the Maple Leafs take advantage of this situation? Why don't we take a quick break? When we get back, we can maybe talk about where the Leafs can come in. To play here, is there a couple of guys who maybe Toronto should have some interest in and pay maybe put together a trade package that would make some sense for both sides? We'll do that on the other side, but first, Dave, have a word from one of our show sponsors.
1: Yes, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you're looking for something that gives you a little more versatility for the summertime, Bird Dogs are definitely something that can do that. They're the stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you the true sculpted look they do the exact same thing as lululemons but fit way better and they fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton i use it all the time when i go out golfing that's my you know i want something that's going to be comfortable breathable as well because they do use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you dry and dry all day long so also a great thing that bird dogs is doing is if you go to birddogs.com locked on nhl you will receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that.
0: Welcome back into the Lockdown These Podcast. I'm Mike to Stefano with Dave Morrisuti. Just a reminder that we have new episodes coming out each weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, so make sure that if you do want to keep up to date with, with what's going on, not only with the Maple Leafs, but around the NHL, make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Leafs podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, also, uh, of course, on YouTube. And the question of the day that we want to ask on YouTube is, if the Maple Leafs were to inquire with the Calgary Flames of a trade, do you have a trade proposal? that you would like to to kind of throw down into the comment section below or a trade target in mind in Calgary that you think could work for the Maple Leafs, let us know in the in the comment section down below because we're about to have that conversation right now. Uh, Dave, of those four players, Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Todd Toffoli, and Michael Backlund, uh, any of those names interest you as a potential trade target for the Toronto Maple Leafs?
1: I mean, Noah Hanifin is one that definitely piques my interest. You know, the Leafs are definitely trying to see if they can overhaul their blue line. And, I mean, what better way than to try to get a young, you no, know, still a young defenseman who can, you know, pretty much, uh, I think he hasn't reached his full potential yet. Uh, and, and you look at what the Leafs' blue line have, like he would be an upgrade in a lot of areas. Uh, on this lease blue line. So if he's available, the other thing you have to consider, he, he does have an, I think he can do put 18s on a no trade clause. So you have to wonder if he's going to put Canadian teams on that. If that's potentially an issue there, I don't, don't think right now. I mean, we is, but...
0: is that, has that already kicked in or does that kick in on July one? Uh,
1: that is a very good question. i he think was in the he...
0: Marner draft, so if Marner's doesn't kick in until July first, I'd imagine that Hannafin's probably in a similar boat. Uh,
1: yeah i I think he has it. So he does have it going into. Actually, he already had it last season. Okay. So I think it's probably when he how it, his deal was structured that they gave him the trade protection, in the final two years. So he does technically have that that list uh the 18 uh, he could submit a 18 no trade list. So
0: oh, he played his, his draft year. That's why. So he, yeah. he actually played the season. Yeah. So he played a year before uh, yeah. Marner.
1: Yeah. So he, he got, he's getting to UFA status a lot quicker, uh, earlier than Marner too. So that's the other thing you have to consider here for a trade with a uh, Hanfin is what are, what's his next contract going to look like? And, You know, is that something that the Leafs can fit, right? Like, what's that trade kind of look like? But he's definitely someone I have interest in. I have always liked Tyler Toffoli. His age concerns me a little bit. He's getting older, but he's also, he just came off a really good team. So, I think,
0: you know, if you're looking
1: for a playoff performer, can bring a different style to your top six, Toffoli would be that. And then Lindholm, I, I mean Linholm would do would fit so well with this Leafs team. <laughs> My issue is it's gonna cost a lot not only to get him, but his next contract. There was speculation thing even Ellie Friedman say he could be looking for Boer Horvat money, which is like eight by eight point five, if I'm not mistaken, is what Horvat got over in New York. So if you're the Leafs, that's a bit another big ticket and you're likely gonna be sending a big ticket. <laughs> to do any sort of trade right now with Calgary.
0: Who would you rather pay eight and a half million bucks to? Let's say it's a six-year deal. Elias Lindholm or William Nylander? I would,
1: some people might hate him for me for saying this, but I would do Lindholm. He's, I understand that Nylander's coming off a really good offensive year, but I think Lindholm's the more versatile player. He can do so many things with the, in this Leafs lineup. He's been a good producer. I know last year was kind of an off year for him. But he also scored 42 goals two years ago. There is an offense. There is the offensive ability there. If you pair him with the right player, I think you could unlock his, uh, a, you know, some really good offensive potential there from him. So he's 28, so he's in his prime right now. So he's not, you know, on the wrong side of 30. And yeah, I, I would prefer Elias Lindholm just because the Leafs need a center man they need to find another center especially in that top six and he would be a perfect fit there
0: i i would tend to agree with you and another reason is he's also very proficient defensively like he was the runner-up for the selkie a year ago like literally the runner-up to patrice bergeron patrice bergeron and then elias lindholm so if you can add that as a second line center in behind austin matthews like you're you're laughing you can move to over to the wing. Where um, you could have three, like a big three down the middle, if you really want to. I think that that would be uh, a a a pretty a pretty good good one-two punch with Matthews and Elias Lindholm. And I think that'd be a number that the Maple Leafs would probably be willing to to get to. Um, but if you could pick which one you could trade for Lindholm or Hannifin, do you have a preference?
1: I would probably say Lindholm. I just think I've, I've seen more from him in the in what he has done that I feel more comfortable with him. I'm not saying Hanifin's not like I I wouldn't want Hanifin. If yeah. I had my preference, I would probably say Lindholm. Um, my only issue again is what's his next contract it's look Well, like.
0: yeah, I, th- I think if you're trading for either of these two, you probably would do it with the assumption that like the same way that Bo Horvat did and the same way that Matt Kachuk did, you probably have a predetermined figure mm-hmm. in mind in what uh, a um, an extension would look like for both of these guys. I'm trying to big brain like a massive blockbuster trade because once upon a time, Brad Trilliving made a blockbuster trade to acquire both Lindholm and Hannafin. Now, I'm curious what what they could possibly do to make that happen. Now, I bel- that was, what, Dougie Hamilton who went the other way um, as as part of the trade package to to bring him in and some other pieces. So I'm trying to imagine, like, what would a trade have to look like from Toronto's end to get both of those guys? Because both of them would be a massive get for Brad living and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, hey, how often do we see when a... GM ends up in a different place. The first spot he goes looking to try and build up his new team is his old team and some of the guys that he liked and he wants to get back into the fold in his new club. So I would think that Lindholm and Hannafin, I mean, both would be perfect. If you can get one of those two, I mean, obviously that would be a great addition to this team. But if you had to big brain it, what do you think a deal would cost for both of those guys? Knowing that neither are re-signing, right? Like they pretty much do have to trade them and they're, they're kind of handcuffed, but you would think that like would one of the big four have to go. If you're getting both of those guys in a trade, I think
1: a lot of people are going to be putting William Nylander into that trade. My concern is, will William Nylander want to sign in Calgary because there's no way Calgary is taking on William Nylander with any assurance that he's going to sign there.
0: bill from Calgary.
1: I know he is from Calgary, born but it's born to be
0: in the Calgary Hospital. My friend, does he want to go home?
1: That's and that's the real. That's that's going to think be the complicated part of that deal. I mean, if the lease of me would make Nylander available, and it's kind of apparent to Nylander that he doesn't have much of a future in Toronto, maybe that's something you can uh, you, that would help. You know, maybe move that trade along, um, but. I just don't know if that's what Calgary is going to want. And I think Calgary is probably going to want more assurance that they're going to get something back because you look at their roster, that's not a rebuilding roster. That's a roster that still wants to compete. And they're going to want guys that w- not going to be, want to be there but are going to help this team compete. Nylander helps with getting a good player back, just like they've done with all the other trades. It's just can they get the assurance that they're going to be able to keep them long-term.
0: Can I throw a wild name at you? All right, go ahead. This is silly season. Like this is this is what we do here, okay? Oh, this yeah. is silly season at this point. Morgan Riley.
1: Yeah. I mean, he does have a no movement clause, so that's uh that's something that the leaser would have to get right. Him.
0: But he's a he's a Western Canadian boy, right. right? So like to be closer to home, perhaps, like that, that's the only reason why I'm thinking you know, maybe he would. And for Calgary, it's like, okay, he's under contract. Like he's not going anywhere. He's going to be here and he's going to be a a flame for, for a long time. You know, that, that was just a random name that kind of popped into my head right now as I'm trying to put together some potential trade packages. I mean, you could look at the first over the first round pick 28th overall. I mean, do you package together like Robertson Lilligren? Is that enough to get both of them? I don't think so. You would, probably need to have one of those big forward players in there to, to get one of those guys. But like, could you get a first round pick and Nick Robertson for a Hannafin? I mean, that might be able to, you might be able to swing a deal like that. That's something that I'd be interested in doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would too, because at this point, Nick Robertson needs to play. Calgary is going to be going with some of the younger guys in their new transition mode. And that first round pick, it's it's good to always to stack the cupboards. I get that. But if you're gonna get someone that's gonna help you now and if you can sign Hannifin down the road, that pick doesn't mean anything. No. It could mean something five years down the road. I'd much rather
0: comes. yeah, I'd much rather have a 26 year old, you know, potential top pair, certainly top four defensemen, guaranteed and have him sign an extension here in Toronto for the next, you know, six years or so. Mm-hmm then pray and hope that that first-round pick at 28th overall pans out. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of picks. I, I was reading something online today that said something to the effect of, um, you know, from the 20th to 50th pick, like, it's a crapshoot. Like, all those players in that draft are all basically the same, and it's actually smarter for teams who are going forward and in win-now mode to trade those picks you know, late first rounders for you know actual NHL talent because you're guaranteed to get something out of them. Whereas those late firsts, it's it's not a guarantee. You know, once you slide past the top twenty, the odds of that that pick becoming a legitimate NHLer who plays a hundred plus games in, in in the league significantly starts to decline. So if you can turn it into a bonafide player like a Lindholm or a Hannafin it would make some sense if you were the Maple Leafs, and if the Calgary Flames, if they feel like they're in a situation where they got all these guys who are looking to to move on, they got to do a quick reset, retool, get picks, prospects, young players, whatever it may be. It might be a match made in heaven in a way. And and obviously Brad Living and uh, Craig Conroy have a terrific relationship from their time in Calgary, so. I I truly believe that there is something to be done here with the Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. Whether it's Lindholm or it's Hannafin. I think that there's a strong possibility that uh, trade talks are happening currently, and maybe something could get done. Um, you know, prior to, to draft night.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, if the Leafs do need to find a way to improve, and given the way that they're with free agency, there's not much out there. I still think the trade route is the best way to do it. And we know Brad Choliving is not afraid to go out and swing big on a trade. And as you said, he's the one that brought both guys to Calgary in the first place. So he finds ways to package multiple guys together. And if he identifies a player, he will find a way to go and get them.
0: Yeah, Let us know down below in the comment section. Do you have a trade that would work Calgary and toronto what's a trade that could land lindholm or hannifin or both if you want to get real spicy let us know in the comment section down below all right on the other side let's get into this weird Well, it's not a weird story but it's kind of a surprising story of larry tannenbaum potentially looking to offload some shares of his mlsc stock so we'll talk about that on the other side before we get into it though. Let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals On tickets right up to the day of the event, you can get images of your seat before you buy them so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are directly sent to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without any stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Least podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We got uh, some interesting news popped up yesterday about uh, the Maple Leafs owner Larry Tannenbaum potentially looking to offload some shares of MLSE stock. Uh Sportico is uh reporting that Larry Tannebaum looking to offload them to the Omers Pension Plan. Omers is an acronym that stands for Ontario Municipal em- em- Employees Retirement System. Uh, and Larry Tannebaugh currently owns twenty-five percent of MLSE. Uh, and he's looking to offload, we don't know exactly how much, but some of that stock, uh, some of his stake within MLSE, which was given an $8 billion valuation for the, uh, the purposes of this negotiation going on between Omers and Larry Tannenbaum. um, Kind of insane that mlse is now an $8 billion entity. And
1: like, I understand there's a lot of entities involved when you look at the Leafs, the Raptors, but that I keep forgetting about TFC. TFC the arena, right? Scotiabank Arena, and there's also real estate developments that MLSC has done. Is gone Scotiabank
0: involved. Arena uh owned by MLSC? I yeah, I believe that that
1: was that's the only one they they own cuz they, they not
0: own the, they don't own the soccer field?
1: No, that's uh that's they run it, but it's the city that owns it, so they're like oh. they operate it. Just like gotcha. Coca-Cola Coliseum, they operate Coca-Cola Coliseum or formerly Rico Coliseum. Uh, but they operate it. So yeah, I, I think that like I was trying to figure out well, how do they equal all that to $8 billion. And I forgot there's like a bunch of other things that are in, under the MLSC umbrella that go beyond the sports teams themselves, but $8 billion. So it equals out to $2 billion worth of equity that Tannenbaum owns. He's not yeah. obviously going to sell all 25% because I think it'd be ludicrous if he were to do all 25%. But to me I wonder if he's got another venture he's looking into potentially and he needs to offload some of what he owns in MLSC in order to go there. Like people are wondering why would Larry Tannenbaum do this? That's that to me is one of the first things that came to mind is like he's got something else that he wants to do and he's got he's got to be able to sell some of that off or the offer right now is really good and he wants to see how if he can cash in because that's a lot of money.
0: Maybe maybe he just wants to step back, you know, just step back and enjoy the rest of it. Like how old is Larry Tannenbaum at this point? Like it's not a, a young guy anymore. No, I don't know. Uncle, Uncle
1: Larry is not, I, I I've met 78
0: I, I, years old.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I've seen Larry Tannenbaum. You can tell he is a 78 year old. I hate to say it, but you know, a lot of owners, you know, <laughs> he's, he's like a lot of those owners that have put in a lot of time. Like he's, he's not the owner that is hands off. He is the governor of the Raptors. He is a part of the governor, like of the governors for the NHL with the Leafs. I know he's like, he like chairs the governors of all the NBA teams. So like, that's, he's not, he's not an owner that just sits, sits back and collects a paycheck. He puts in work and we know that he's had some, uh, he's had to do, de- he's had to like get his hands into a lot of things. Right. And kind of steer the ship when you, with that, the interesting thing here that was noted was that if uh, Tannenbaum is looking to sell it, Rogers and Bell have like first say of whether they want him to do that. Like they'll probably either say, "Yeah, go ahead and do it," or "No, I think we'd rather you know buy it ourselves." Which I don't know if that's something that they're con- considering to do. But that, that's another thing I think that gets missed here is that they could they could tell Larry no we're not allowing you to do this right
0: now. Well, so they have first right to purchase the rent. Like they, they can buy him out essentially, I think is it. So they can't force him to remain as, as an owner. Right. It's they either
1: first right. A refusal to purchase any shares. So,
0: right. So Larry, essentially it's like, you guys can buy the rest of this, you know, buy Yeah. However yeah. much stock I want or, uh, I'm going to sell it to these people. Yeah, so, exactly. And they could say, no, we'll just take it actually instead. Uh, but yeah, I would imagine that if this is getting out there, that that conversation probably would have been had already yeah. between Bell and Rogers and Larry Tannenbaum, and he would have just sold it to them. If if that was it and this wouldn't have became public, I would imagine that because they own 37.5% each, and then Tannenbaum owns the remaining 25% of MLSE. I, I would imagine that they want to just keep with that stake. And um, that's why this this Omer's pension plan is now kind of coming into the fold. Although the last time a pension plan owned MLSC, it did not go very well, if you recall, with the teacher's pension plan back in the day. But um, I mean, it wouldn't be, you know. It'd be a very small ownership stake. I don't know how much say that they would really have in what goes on. They just hope to to grow their pension plan, essentially, as the valuation goes from eight billion and continues to ascend. Because so that's essentially what keeps happening with uh, with with every single sports franchise. It's insane the amount of money that's going on uh, in in sports right now. It's wild. I don't know if you saw this in the NBA. Um, Chris Middleton, guard for the Milwaukee Bucks turn down a player option of $41 million. What the hell is a a guy like that turning down $41 million? Like he's not going to get that money from anybody going forward. First of all,
1: likely not. Um, I think what so many, so many guys do this is that they do it with the idea that they can renew for an even bigger number.
0: Well, a longer like, contract, so yeah. like more dollars, but could could have waited a year and done the exact same thing. Probably take that 41 sheets and then next year sign me to a three, four year deal. It's just crazy the amount of money that's in sports oh. and in basketball in, in particular. And I don't know, man. Ho- hopefully, hockey gets to that point at, you know, sometime. That was the hope when ESPN got into the fold and uh, TNT with the US broadcast rights and then COVID kind of hit a little snag there and we've yet to see the benefits uh, of, of, a, a, a ballooned cap since then, even this year, it's only going to be 1 million uh, extra as, as it was a year ago. So remaining with that flat cap, but going forward expecting, you know, four $5 million jump uh, year after year. Um, so hopefully the, the Maple Leafs or the, the NHL can start reaping the benefits I don't think we'll ever see an NHLer making forty-one million dollars, especially like the thing is like, like Chris Middleton is—is he even a top fifty player in the NBA right now? Like I don't even know if he is, and he's got a forty-one million dollar. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) I remember one time I think it was like Timothy Mozgov signed a contract like four years, seventy-one million bucks. I'm like, this guy makes more money than Connor McDavid. (laughs) Like it was insane. I'm like this dude's off the bench and he's making more money than legitimately the highest paid hockey player in the NHL It's crazy crazy but
1: if Chris Middleton signs the next uh, like a new deal that many are expecting it could be worth over like 54 million a season it's like five per season per season it's like five years 272 million dollars
0: in what world? is Chris Middleton worth that much money anyway this ain't he locked up. he
1: could be to the Milwaukee Bucks or to another team i i asked my buddies they said there are teams dumb enough to do it because they feel he's still a decent enough of a player to earn, deserve that money
0: i don't decent you use the word decent decent players aren't worth 50 million dollars it's insane a year a year Anyways, the St. Locked On Bucks, it's locked on Leafs, so we'll get off the basketball talk. More to on Bucks to to find out
1: your thoughts on this if you want to know whether or not Chris Milton is worth that type of money.
0: Yeah, it just goes to show how much money is in is in sports. Yeah. Um, and that eight billion dollar valuation. You know, the leafs are a big part of it. I don't think the raptors are too far off. Also, shout out to Grady Dick, the latest. Draft pick by the Toronto Raptors. You see the suit that that guy wore oh. to draft night. he Dude.
1: he had he had to have known he wore red.
0: Oh, uh, he knew. He knew he was going to be a raptor at the end of the night. He knew. Can confirm
1: he's also been followed by Drake already. So he's he's fully he's fully entrenched with the Raptors culture now.
0: Um, I've already thought of what my basketball fantasy name is going to be next year. Dick in a box and one. Yeah. That's what it's going to be.
1: I, thought it was I apologize
0: for all the PG listeners out there for I that. Talking, I thought it was um, going
1: to be big
0: energy. Like, I could that also that. be that. could also be that, but I was – yeah, that's another one. That could potentially be it. Anyways, we've gone completely off the rails. All this basketball talk in the last five minutes of this show, uh, but the draft just happened. So congrats to Grady Dick and the latest uh, Toronto Raptors, I'm sure, Sean Woodley will be, going, uh, will be going hard on that. I will not say his name after using that word. But, man, is, is there are a lot of people going to have fun with that on the Toronto Sports Talk Airwaves tomorrow. Uh, Locked on Raptors will be one of them with our guy, Sean Woodley. So make sure that uh, you check him out if you want to hear about Grady Dick. Uh, but that'll do it for us here today on the show. We got to wrap this thing up. We're going. It's just getting. Let's go. It's just getting silly at this point. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting us. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leaves podcast on all podcast platforms. You receive daily leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Go ahead. Leave a like on this video. Comment down below. Uh, your thoughts on a potential Leafs-Flames trade. Do you have one? Is there someone who interests you? Uh, let us know in the comment section down below. Enjoy your weekends. We'll be back with another episode for y'all on Monday. It's draft week. It's free agent week. We'll start getting pretty hardcore into the draft coverage on Monday. So be sure to return to find out our th- our thoughts on what we think the Leafs should do with pick number 28. So we'll discuss that more on Monday. Uh, But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.